There's no August sunset for you or me. There's no August sunset. It's just a tragedy. There's no August sunset. Here you're me. There's no August sunset. Never to be. Yes, so 
and sold a fuser fancy. And uh, this is an example of our recording style, which is kind of like a jam band, a note to the jam band style, a note to like using a Tascam four tracker type of method instead of using a digital audio workstation or a DAW. We primarily use Zoom R24 digital recorders and track things uh, into the Zoom R24 on stereo tracks. So track one, two, three, four, five, six, like that, up to 24. And we use an MX-1 performance mixer to capture our mono signals and then convert them to stereo from the Roland MX-1 performance mixer and then feed them into an, um, a Zoom R24 on uh, two channels. So that's how we get the mono signal. We're able to convert mono Eurorack signals uh, to stereo uh, through physical quarter-inch uh, patching. And then we uh, tend to record at our hardware sense to be able to do what is called, you know, playing the filter or playing the knobs on the actual sense in real time and recording it in real time and, you know, getting the getting that sound, which is sometimes point, uh, point in time kind of jazz improvisation with these analog sense so you can do a lot of cool uh, modulation or strange modulation or expansive sound. So these songs um, are, are primarily creations of analog synthesis. Uh, we went back uh, and we're focusing on our Moog Mother 32, Arturia Mini Brute 2S, and our Make Noise uh, Maths module, along with the Moog DFAM. Uh, so we are able to use these um, capabilities. Plus, we use a Pittsburgh modular 4x2 or 2x4 mixer, the Eurorack mixer, which allows us to take the voltage. Uh, controlled amplifier signals and level them before we even hit the performance mixer from the MX1 performance mixer. So what that does is that we are able to get our DFAM or the Arturia or the um, Mother 32 or the product of what we do in the mass module and actually get it to a certain level before it even hits the MX1 performance mixer where we can get a level there and then we can run a level on the Zoom. So, see these songs, um, Soul Mover, uh, Fancy, is this kind of, is this concept that Josephine Electric, the lead singer of Fam Electric Ghost, is kind of talking about this individual that's this soul mover. So, they, they are, in her terms, a, a wannabe. They're, they're, they're this person that's got a lot of cool in social media because they got like a million likes and they got a million followers, but Josephine suspects that, you know, the reason they have so many followers is actually a bot. So uh, it's fake. So she's talking about, you know, through this uh, literary, literal illusion and, you know, use of the terms of bot. Uh, it kind of implies, you know, she person we say initially oh they got a million likes but then we say we don't got a million bots so that, that basically implies that those people with those fans aren't real and then she talk, talk, goes on to say that this is their wannabe 
Um, so basically, she's really being hypercritical of this person that has this that faux fame that's not real. But it appears to be real because you can manipulate what's going on. And that this person is, is, is like an abuser of, of, of people. They've got big ego. It's all about themselves. And uh, they just pull a lot of people in, and it's not going to be very satisfying because they're just a carbon copy of fame. You know, they're not really doing anything other than the cult of fame. Uh, and it's drawing people in for, like, you know, wasting people's time. People are putting a lot of energy into this person, and they're not even who they appear to be. And what we found with this song is uh, we we did a kind of a staccato chord piano arrangement to go with um, the beat, which the beat actually doesn't come from the D-Fam. It comes from a Roland JDXI that we run through on Arturia Beats Step Pro. And this method was... Um, how we primarily created drum beats uh, for Bam Electric Ghost once we brought Ghost Bam Electric in as the, Joe, as the lead singer. We started to do a lot of songs that have the Arturia um, utilizing the drum machines that are inside the JDXI. Uh, JDXI has a lot of drum machines inside of it. It actually, you know, it has like an 808, it has a 909, it has a 727, it's got an EDM, it's got Rock kits. It's got multiple kits. The only problem with the native JDXI is it only can do up at four bars on its own. But if you attach it to a sequencer, like an Arturia, many groups of that, like an Arturia, Beats um, Pro, you can extend it. And we've been able to extend it, you know, to 64 steps with chain patterning. And we found it to be very powerful uh, and not have to go get a TRA or an S or anything else other than we got our Moog D-Fam because it gives us an analog drum. So in this song, there's an analog sound from the D-Fam, but it's not drums, it's more um, like atmospheric. And then there's a, a Moog Mother 32 that's hidden uh, behind the piano. So we run our, our through MIDI, our Mother 32, uh, so it can actually go through the MX-1, but it's triggering um, at the same time it triggers piano tones from the from the Juno GI. It's triggering tones from the Mother 32 the most. But we put it really low, and it's got this analog kind of scratchy at the low end of the keyboard. It's kind of like white noise and scratchy and discordant kind of feedback. But at the top end. It becomes more like the square or triangle wave that we were that we actually had built on the Mother 32. We did a patch, and it has like a, a really nice analog tone at the top end of the board. And as you can hear it near the end of the song, you can really hear it. We turn the piano off, and you only can hear the Mother 32 um, instead of the roll of piano kind of cuts out, and then you hear the Mother 32 along with a different beat on the Arturia that we ran through a different set of beats. This song primarily is one beat running through the MX1 performance mixer, through the digital delay. Um, and then it's, it's a Joe Spin Electric reusing the BT4 uh, vocal transformer from Roland 
with the harmony capability. And then we got a little closer to the mic to be able to make it very clear what Josephine is singing. Uh, so we found that, that some people, a lot of people seem to like this song, but we put it out on Instagram. We created a video for it. We created a YouTube video. We were putting um, one-minute clips up on Instagram that we create our videos in the same way we create our music. We use multiple iPhone tools to do layered um, sound paintings. At, you know, that actually have visual uh, aspects to them. So we use multiple apps uh, within some that are available on the iPhone. We take photos and we manipulate them. We take video, we manipulate it. We run through multiple filters and uh, distortion capabilities. And, and, and then we bring our music in through iMovie and some other tools and uh, beautiful audio uh, to, to make these videos. And we put them on YouTube, we put them on the Instagram channel that we have for Expansive Sound Experiments. So if you want to see the video, it's on Expansive underscore sound underscore experiments. It's also on our YouTube channel under Phantom Electric Ghost. So please uh, subscribe to our YouTube, cha- YouTube channel, Phantom Electric Ghost, um, and uh, under Expansive Sound Experiments. And uh, the next song, <clears throat> we took it and we decided to do... Uh, take out the JDSI part and actually rewrite the lyrics. So it's still the same concept. It's, um, it's this idea of this person that uh, is dealing with these plots and everything, but it's, it's a more psychedelic side transversion. It's pure analog sense. It's a mode deep is driving it. Um, and also the Arturia Mini, uh, Mini Group 2S is, is driving it with the Mother 32 and the Lake Noise uh, math module, which we tend to play the filters on the, um, the math module. We use the controls to do the logarithm, logarithmic and exponential processing of the signal. So you can do a lot of cool things uh, with the overrides uh, to the controlled voltage VCA signals that we put into it from the Mother 32. And then um, we tend to, the Arturia Manipur 2S, we tend to just run that straight into the MX-1 that we use. Um, it's, um, it's got an interesting uh, looping envelope that we tend to use. And it's also got, uh, different than the Moog, instead of the ladder filter, it's got uh, a state variable filter that we take advantage of. And we've played around with it uh, a lot. And it has a lot of percussive capability that we tend to use. So we augment uh, our our uh, Moog drummer uh, from another method, the DFAM, with the percussive capabilities of the Arturia Mini Boot 2S. So yes, these songs we find are very interesting. And, and we just created a new song uh, that we wrote last night uh, that we call the, the Underbelly of That City, which is another. Um, strange song is basically talking about how in the city there's all this darkness and there's all these things going on that are uh, not exactly uh, clean or, or, or sweet or nice. It's like a lot of darkness in the city, a lot of things going on behind the scenes. And uh, it's a very atmospheric sound painting, stream of consciousness lyrics. Uh, it comes up with the same concept though, it's just talking about of using the analog sense to kind of drive the recording and um, we find it 
our analogs tend to always give us inspiration. Sometimes we don't come into uh, a recording session with an exact song. We kind of let the analog synth drive how we're going to write the song. And they kind of like, tell us which way to go. We'll experiment with a lot of, uh, we'll try to create a pad or a patch. First thing we usually do is we go into the most deep amp and we'll see what kind of beat we can get off of that. Or we'll go into our Arturia uh, Beats that Pro with the JDXI and come up with a beat there. Or reuse beats and we've got a bunch of beats we created going back to 2016 that are in our area. And then we uh, we can play with the, the different sets in the JDSI to change um, the, the sound or the tone, the, the actual tone, drum pad tone or a pad patch that is inside the JDSI. And we'll use a different uh, sound or kit than what we originally used. But we'll change the speed both that actual pattern, which we have a bunch of patterns that we created to go back um, to a bunch of stuff that we released that we're just kind of borrowing from ourselves. Uh, and then, well, a lot of our new beats are all done on the DFAM or the Arturia Mini from 2S with its percussive capabilities to act like a drum machine. One method that we used to use a lot that we're thinking of going back and doing is there's a drum machine inside of the Juno GI. Uh, it's got a bunch of patterns already pre-built and you kind of like string them together and it's got, you know, rolls and all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, snare, uh, uh, like loops and uh, bass patterns, uh, tom patterns. It's basically all the kind of drum patterns you want are built in and you can go and create a structure is very tight and sounds like a real drummer. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Korg has a drum machine that kind of does the same thing. But inside of the Juno GI, it's got this native capability. But once we got the JDXI, we stopped doing that. But we found there's a lot of songs we actually wrote uh, that are pre-ghost that we've gone back and used uh, just the instrumental tracks and overdubbed lyrics onto them uh, to uh, create songs. Um, and we found that that's very interesting. We also have a drum machine inside of the, um, the Zoom R24, which is in the song, um, It Will Never Last, You Got the Knack. Uh, so that's the use of the, the only use that we've used the drum pattern for the Zoom R24 is on that Bentley release, uh, It Will Never Last, You Got the Knack, which we, we want to explore that more. There's a lot of drum programming you can do, and the R24 is a little uh, not that initially the stuff you have to learn how to do it seeing a tutorial on YouTube and we're gonna go dive into it we also do a lot with um, the OP set we use the OP set drum machine and the way we do that is we take a line in from the OP set and we bring it into an uh, MX1 performance mixer and we'll take a song that we put together to the OP set lets you do chain patterns kind of like the Arturia favorite 2S so within a project you can do a bunch of patterns and then you can chain them together and you can change the order and you can actually do it real time uh you can just go and change the order real time and then it also has the ability to kind of play the filter or play the step components so on an op set if you put it into this manual mode you can actually manually play the step components and i think uh you've seen that with um 
Cuckoo did a live performance, I think, at um, uh, at one of the big uh, uh, conventions. Um, so last year, or he, he showed what the LPG could do in a, in a club. Um, and that was very interesting. And so we, we kind of use the capabilities of the OPZ and we bring it into our hardware workflow and then we'll overdub like a piano or guitar from the Juno GI <clears throat> and then we'll bring in analog synth from the Arturia <clears throat> or the modes and layer it. And we find that that's very interesting. It gives us like a, a very unique sound because we can take the capabilities. Oh, that's our digital interface, a hardware instrument. So we, we, we really appreciate it. We always wanted OP1, but the OPZ, <clears throat> one of the best things about the OPZ is right now we're actually doing uh, our day job. We're in IT and <clears throat> we're working in Maine and we have to stay in a hotel, like an extended stay. <laughs> and uh, we can't, we try to bring our big gear, but it was just too heavy and hard to lug around and we didn't trust the security. Uh, with OPZ, we can actually keep it in a backpack at work, get back to the hotel, you know, sit in the bed and actually, you know, write the, the kind of demos. So we've been, we've created a bunch of demos and we've actually sent to Bentley this year. Um, and since we've been in this hotel for the last like month and a half, we've created maybe like four or five songs here and be dead as an initial demo that we'll bring into Bamak 1 in the Zoom and then overdone. And we found it's a very interesting uh, workflow We'd love to see if um, Teenage Engineering is going to, like, redo the OP-1. Could we like the form of the OP-1? We'd like to see if they could actually build, uh, like, maybe a brand new synth. that's maybe a little bit bigger than an OP-1, but has, like, the capabilities of an OPC and an OP-1. It would be cool to actually have the tape recorder and the sequencer, and to have real full-size keys, like a Pitar keyboard bed. Um, that would be really cool. Um, though I know they're, they're not probably into that, but it would be cool to see them pull a synth off. Uh, that would be interesting. But the portability of it, like, well, also an alternative could be, like, a new OP-1 with um, maybe, like, uh, bootleg keys uh, and the ability to, uh, you know, have, have the sequencer for the OP set. Uh, and maybe extend, the, instead of having a four-track recorder, give it, like, an eight-track recorder, tape recorder. Um, and I think the OLED screen was pretty cool. So I don't know if they're going away from that because the OPC, you don't really need an OLED. You can use your iPhone. Now, it is useful to use the iPhone in the sampling mode on the OPC because you can actually see and edit your sample a lot easier. You can visually see what's going on. So it becomes more like a, a modern sampler where you can actually see the result of your sample and trim it and change it on the screen. Uh, so that's that's useful to, to do. Um, be cool if uh, teenage engineering. I know because you use an iPhone, so why would you need a screen? But if they actually had a mod to build a module that actually has like an OLED and maybe extended the capability, like with a real keyboard or something, so you could plug the OPC into a thing that would be like an Arturia Mini Lab, and it also has an OLED. And then it maybe can extend the function of an of an OP set, and it give you like a whole other synth by just plugging it in. That would be pretty cool. Uh, it would be a cool kind of modular idea. And since they've gone with this modular concept, that would be really interesting. I'd like to see something like that. Um, 
And then the other thing was like Roland. Uh, we're really going back and looking at the System 8. And in the System 8, even though it was released like maybe three years ago or two and a half years ago, uh, it's still very competitive with um, a lot of a lot of sense. Uh, it's, it's it's a very interesting machine because um, it, it it can do a lot of capabilities. Uh, and it can transform into uh, so many things that you just have a lot of a lot of capability with this machine. Um, and that you know, it becomes it, it, when you get it, it can be a Jupiter eight, it can be a one oh six, and then it can be its own engine. It can be a System one hundred. It can be a one oh SH one oh one. It can be a Pro Mars. It can be a J DXP, and it probably can do, do more. You know, uh, it's probably going to come up. And so they've been able to extend it without releasing another model because of its design to this become other sense. Now, the only thing about the system eight that we've been kind of waiting is um, wondering if Roland would go and make a new system eight that actually has a, bit, a bigger keyboard or like what you see on a Juno um, and then also you know extend it to be a system system 16 create a 16 voice system eight which would be a brand new idea like so go and take the Jupiter sounds Go and take the Juno 106 and those analog polysense and actually make them 16 voice. So actually, that would be the that would be the new modern update if you make a 16 voice version of a Jupiter 8 to a System 16, and then you make a 16 voice version of a 106 or a JS3D. That would be phenomenal, and I think it would actually, you know, get people to want to come to Roland if they gave it the forms. Where it was a little more solid uh, in terms of, you know, it had wood end sheets, maybe aluminum body rather than plastic, 16 voices, same workflow, maybe make it so you can color code it more like the way the grandmother is. Or even go back into Roland's history, if you use the color scheme of the Jupiter or a Juno, uh, go back to that color scheme rather than the green lights. Uh, or make it so the LEDs. Um, can be different colors, and the user can change the colors all over the board to be different sections. So colors, different sections have the oscillator has a different color. The other, they can go and change the colors of each of the LEDs so they're all different. That would be kind of cool if each zone on the set had different LED colors. They can do what they both does with their physical colors on the grandmother or the major. So that's just an idea for Roland to kind of look at that would be um, a really killer idea to um, implement. We would love to see them do something like that because it would it would really extend the capability of the of the um, of the, the, the technology they have, which is kind of like FGPA. It seems like Roland came out with an idea of the FGPA um, capability through their um, ACB, which is like, you know, the analog behavioral system, system uh, which can do the same thing as FGPA. It basically mimics an analog sense in a digital format through their plug out. They call it plug out. And I don't know if it's actually really an FGPA, 
that's what it really is. Um, it would be interesting to know if that's not what it actually, if that's what the technology is. Um, if it's the same or if it's their own proprietary version of the Japanese tend to make their own version of that capability. It might be a role in specific technology rather than FTPA. Um, but it behaves the same way. Basically, it could be a Jupiter, it be a 106, whatever. And, it, and the system, may, you know, it's become a, a really powerful FM synth as well. Um, so if they don't do it, we might still go, with, you know, we're kind of torn between getting um, a matriarch, <clears throat> which is a really pure um, analog synth, but it's not poly. It's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's, uh, it's got that other tone, you know, capability, which is not a poly synth. It's, um, with paraphonics, which also is, is interesting, and you can do a lot with a paraphonic. But uh, if you're going to have a synth on stage that gives you a lot of capability, it's just amazing. You know, give me the Jupiter 106 and the native capabilities, it just gives you a lot of like, uh, functionality. And um, that to me is interesting. I've never heard of anybody actually taking like the, the System 100 and then mixing it with. Um, with, with the Jupiter, which I don't know if you can mix the monophonic sense. I know you can take a Juno and mix it with a Jupiter, but I don't know if you can take a, a System 100 and mix it with the tone of a Jupiter. Now, that would be really cool. That would be very interesting. Um, I think that would give uh, give it a lot of capability. Uh, so we, we'd really like to see um, whether or not that's actually something you can do. Because uh, that, that would be phenomenal because uh, the system 100 you know, we have a system 1m and we were thinking of getting an update to be able to do the plug out for that we've never bought any of the plug outs for it um so since we have it we we probably wouldn't get uh the uh, sh101 boutique that we probably just go buy the plug out and put in our system 1m so we can just manipulate it through the Juno, which is a bigger keyboard. We have a Juno GI, and we just run uh, run it through there, or run it through the JDX. So we've got a little off topic, but we like to talk about different things. Uh, we we did talk to a really awesome artist from uh, New Zealand, and it's been trending very well on our our Instagram. So we talked to Ezra. And we uh, played the best, highest performing um, podcast we've done in the last couple of weeks. And she's a dark pop artist from New Zealand. And we're very happy with that interview. We, we love her work. Uh, we love to collab with her. But, you know, it's up to an artist if they want to do that. But she has an awesome style. You should check out her music. She's going to put out a lot of singles. She's got over a million hits on her YouTube video. So check out her YouTube or her videos on um, on the web, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you very much for listening to Family Go.